Bill Simmons hosts the most downloaded sports podcast of all time with a rotating crew of celebrities, athletes, media staples, and a slew of other friends and family members who always happen to be available. Check out the Bill Simmons podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Did I mention I was in Brazil for the World Cup? Did I ever told this? <laughs> no. I went to Brazil. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you sometime. I went to Brazil for the World Cup. <laughs> Have you told Ryan? Ryan would Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, wherever Ryan is oh now, he's heard that. God. Actually, that's, that's hitting. Hi everyone and welcome to Writers House on Ring RC. I hope you're all staying safe and well in this time. Today ahead of Liverpool's second leg against Real Madrid, we're going to talk about how the setting can affect performance or motivation. And we're going to share some stories about different experiences of different grounds. And we're also going to give our picks for the various Premier League awards uh, based on what we've seen so far. And on Writers House this week, I have Mr. Musa Kwonga. And the one and only. I miss you, Jeanette. Jeanette Kwashi. Hi, guys. Hey, wow. man. Like, where's HR? Why haven't I been on for weeks? Like, who I do I have to complain to? You're too famous now. You're too famous. You're on TV. I know. You're you're too, yeah. Yeah, your profile is too big. You got big, then you left us. <laughs> starting businesses, starting Never. stuff. We thought you were Jeanette Never. from the block, but you're no not, you're not way. Jeanette from the block. I'm back. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Now, I am back. I'm very excited. Thank you for having me, guys. No, man. Has everything been cool, Jenny? You look yeah. fantastic. Thank you. I'm, you yeah. know, I'm trying a little bit, you know, skincare regimes on, on, on Smash, you know. There's one thing that, that lockdown's done well, it's skin. It's like, yeah. right. Yes, man. <laughs> Moose, what's happening, man? Same old, same old. You know me, just deadlines. <laughs> Deadline, deadlines and cupcakes. That's me. <laughs> That's a, what film was that? That's what it was. It's a film. Right, I think it was. No, Wedding Crashers. Did you, have you ever seen a film, Wedding Crashers? In Wedding yeah, Crashers, there's a ago, bit yeah. in it where, where there's a bit where they're playing football in the back garden. And that's what the guy says. Crab cake. What's it? Football and crab cakes. That's what Marilyn does. <laughs> See, yeah, that's, what, that's my energy. Deadlines, Deadlines and cupcakes. cupcakes. That's me. Deadlines and cupcakes. You know, I was going to say, Moose, watch, and, and Jeanette, I watched the Liverpool game, right? Real Madrid-Liverpool game. And obviously it's not, it's not in the Bernabeu, the Santiago Benilau. And um, I felt, I, I just, the way they lost as well, um, I'm, not, I'm not blaming it on there, but I just feel that something for me, if I'm playing in a game of that stature, against that team, arguably one of the, great, the greatest team in the Champions League, 
European Cup and that, in that stadium, I'd, I'd, something's not right, man. I'm not feeling that for Liverpool at all. I really felt like that was a massive step down in the current climate with the fact that, like I say, it's a quarterfinal of Champions League, playing against Real Madrid, and then you're playing in a kind of like a B stadium business. There's no fans in it. I, I didn't like it, me personally. I don't know, because I, I just feel like, to be honest, right, I feel like it's the continuation of just where they're at this season. Well, even the, the small, but it's the size of it and the, 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 the game and the stat, it didn't know. Jeanette, because I'll tell, tell you what it's like when I was younger. It can't, because I'm, I'm struggling to find, I'm struggling when people ask me, how would you cope playing in this now, right? They say to me, and I say, the longer it's gone on, the, the, I think the probably the worse I'd get because I literally would go from week to week thriving off of the different fans, whichever, okay, I'm up against, oh gosh, I'm going to Southampton, I'm going to the Dell, their fans hate me. So I'm, so I'm going to Aston, I'm going to Coventry, I'm going to Man United, I'm going to Anfield, mm-hmm. right? So you deal with that, that you can't have that. But then when you go and you're playing at a pitch, like I can only put it back to when I was a kid, when you've played on a good pitch, then all of a sudden you have to go and play on a pitch that's not as good and it's got no nets. Something, you lose something. I lost something anyway. I didn't feel the same about the way I was playing, the intensity most. I didn't feel it. Maybe this, but this team is so tied up in the intensity. That's the thing. They're a team that like, you know, Klopp's image and they're a unit and they feed off their home crowd so much. You know, they see them struggling at home and the amount of energy Liverpool draw from Anfield, I think is now apparent. And that's not a criticism of them. It's like the way the team's been set up. Mm-hmm. And Real Madrid love this because they're basically like the ultimate parks footballers. They're, mm-hmm. the ult- they're basically like the world's most advanced Sunday league team in the sense that <laughs> they're so gifted. They can turn in you know those, those teams that turn up and they've got like a squad of like 25 yeah. and they can just turn up whatever fitness level and just because they're so gifted, they can just knock it together. Mm-hmm. Like look at those players they can swap in and they've got Asensio, they've got Isco. Yes. Those pieces don't necessarily fit, but they're all so individually gifted. Do you know what they're like, Jeanette? They're like, they're like a relay team mm, where everybody is like this. so much faster than everyone in their individual leg. They yeah. can afford to slightly botch the changeover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely that. that. I was just thinking that when you bring together that level of greatness, you don't necessarily need to have a cohesiveness or a gel that a Liverpool would have to have, for example. And I feel sorry for, for Liverpool because you're right, um, Ian. It's almost as if you know that energy that they draw from their crowd mm. is absolutely missing. And if you if you think about the length of time this has been happening for, it's almost like a battery level that's constantly depleting mm. because you haven't been able to get that yeah. energizing. Cannot plug in. Yeah, and, and, and that's really, really hard. And then I guess also, is I, I don't know how much contact time they have with fans or if there's any like OG fans they're able to speak to. Maybe you need that. Maybe you need like a season ticket holder who's been at the club for the last 50 years to just tell you how much it means to them to be watching that at home. Is that happening? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? But they need something like an injection of, of fandom, I kind of want to say. Go on, Miss. Well, no, that's a brilliant point because we are not talking about the hidden cost. You saw Gladbach announcing their huge financial losses because mm. they've got no, play, no fans in the stadium. But the emotional cost is something there's no balance sheet for. There's no like, you know, stat chart for like what is being lost emotionally. And I now almost wonder like, what's it going to be like when people return to stadiums? It's yeah. going to be so weird because yeah, you're going to have right. players having a career year and suddenly the fans return. Everyone's like, oh, they're not good anymore. Well, actually they are, but the dynamics are just different. It's such a strange time. 
Yeah. Can yeah, I say, of course. yeah, so go on, Moose. No, finish, finish, Moose. Can you, you're just going to finish just, that. Just, I just love the Real Madrid, like, they're, like the, they're like the white walkers. There's the zombies just wandering. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to late shades of Champions League, Real Madrid is like the white walkers. They yes. just walk through anything. Anything, anything. Brutal. And this is why, like, people might say, well, it's the same for Real Madrid in respects of what their fans may be given. But I, I'm not sure because Liverpool have a unique, a yes. unique affinity, uh, affiliation with their fans. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I tell you when I saw it, it was more, more evident than ever. I remember when, remember when, they, had to, when they played Man City in that game when the, outside the ground, the, Man, the Liverpool fans were like all over the bus and it was red. And, and like when they went in there, Liverpool hammered them. Yeah. They hammered them, right? And you could feel that it was all drawn from the energy yes. of the fans. And I remember I was doing radio, I was doing radio at the time. And I said, I think that Man City, as good as they are, I'm not sure if they've taken into consideration what a European night means to, to, to Liverpool, a Champions League night um, against Liverpool at Anfield. Um, and I remember, I, all I can remember was when I was a kid, because my, my old, elder brother supported Liverpool. And I remember watching a game. I'll never forget it because I've seen it as, as the years have gone by. The way the cop was, they're you know, playing against St. Etienne at um, Anfield and I've never seen anything like them. them they must, it felt like there's a million people in, that, in the cop. Mm-hmm. God. And they dragged, they, they were sucking the ball in. I can't remember when I was younger ever watching Liverpool lose a game, especially when they were kicking down into, into the cop. And I think, Jeanette, what you said about the depleting battery is absolutely bang on. And I think that going to the Stefano Stadium it's almost like a, you know, you, you, you roll up there because for what's, for whatever reason, Real Madrid are doing renovations now to the main stadium. So you roll up there for Liverpool. Not only are you not playing in the Bernabeu, but with no fans, with no fans, but now you're playing in the, 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 the training ground stadium with everything else. And I just say the, the, the depletion of the energy is just like, oh God, again, yeah. now this, mm-hmm. another tax bill. Another rascal <laughs> tax bill. <laughs> and then, it's true. Isn't it? True. No, it's another it's, tax bill, it's, Jeanette. It's true. And you know, and I, like, I liken it to, to any sport or any stadium where you know that there's going to be a crowd. You know there's going to be like tens of thousands of people. Like, Ian, what's the biggest crowd you've oh, played God. in front of? Um, like, the, like in it was, numbers. I think it was um, Rome. Yeah. Italy, 97. I think it might have been 80-odd. Fa- in, it, was it Wembley? I think it might have been Wembley 90,000 with the, the first Man United FA Cup final. But can I just say the one in Rome felt like more? Yeah. Whoa. And it was like 85,000. And and I think that they changed it to the Olympia Stadium, whatever it's called. It's called the Olympic Stadium, wasn't it? Olympic Stadium, yeah. Stadium, yeah, Stadium, yeah. Right? Yeah. And they do that because they've never lost a game there. So it was changed from somewhere else. And all of a sudden it was changed to, to the Olympic Stadium. And it was 85,000 people, Jeanette, but it felt like 120,000 people to the point where, you know, when you, have you been in the stadium, Jeanette, where the heat, where the atmosphere, you could see, you know, when you run like a heat wave, like when you're young, it's not that heat wave kind of like shuddering. You could feel it was like that. It was like that. And you literally from here to, to here, if like Teddy was here, you see that distance? Yeah. You have to scream at the top of your voice. Oh, because and was, even then they have to read your lips, like yeah, because was, I, that that level of noise and that level of energy. There must be a science behind it because I'm sure it, it must create movement. It has to be able to create movement because I think when we speak about stadiums, 
like Olympics, we speak about Olympic stadiums, they're, they're designed to hold that yeah. kind of level of noise and energy, yeah. right? Yeah. So for me, I think with the, the bird's nest in Beijing, you, you wow. might have seen the architecture yeah. of that. Oh gosh, it's amazing. That is, it almost feels like an indoors outdoors, if that makes sense. Oh my like, God, wow. Because the roof is actually, it's, it's re- it caves in quite a lot. Mm. So that holds 90,000 people. And I, I don't know if you've ever been in a stadium, and I guess you, you see it on the telly, just before a race, a gun goes off, 90,000 people go quiet. Oh, and it, is, it, it is the weirdest thing because they go dead silent. Like there's, you cannot hear anything. Oh, it's scary. Like, yeah. That's but that doesn't, I've never, yeah, but when you're in the stadiums that I'm talking about yeah, with the atmosphere where we're noise, building, yeah. it's pure noise. If it's that, noise. Went, if that yeah. went quiet. Just briefly. And they said quiet. Just for, for a penalty? For a penalty? Maybe, for a penalty? Yeah. Mate, yeah, definitely for a penalty. Yeah, but, maybe a penalty. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, it, yeah, but there's a, for a penalty, um, for instance, I remember in the actual game, because remember it was a game where I hit the post, the post right? yeah of course right? yeah yeah at the end so there was a bit where I run past so so we're talking to, we're talking the latter stage this is it now the game's coming to an end and right so we, t- the ball comes over guys and I I, 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 I I tow it past Peruzzi right Carnivaro's coming down on my right hand side I tow it past him then I get to the line but then I have to stop the ball because it would have run out to try and curl it into because the yeah. angle was so tight. Yes. And there was a brief moment, right, guys, where when I stopped the ball, I, I, there was, it wasn't deathly silence, but there was, it was a, there was a, a, a drawing of breath that you could feel because something's about to happen. Yeah. That, now that you say it, is, is the only time I can remember any silence any in that silence. crowd. After that miss though, Jeanette, remember they went up the other end. And then when they crossed it to Christian Vieri and then the, the ball from where I was, it, the, the, the cross comes over, he heads it. And there was another kind of like, and that, those are the only things I remember. But other than yeah. that, it was pure noise. But don't you feel that in those moments, right, that internally there's a silence in you as well. Like everything slows down. Like you're going in, you know, there's a moment and mm. it's like it's happening in slow motion. Like, and, I, and, I, and I genuinely believe that within yourself, that makes it feel externally that there is a silence around you. Like, cause I never used to remember the, no, the crowd noise when I was running, Mm-mm. like I'd watch it back and think, oh my God, that was super loud. But when you're actually in the moment for those 10, 11 seconds, you don't hear anything. I don't, I, I can't hear anything because you're moving so fast and you're so within yourself. So it's a different wow. thing. What about your preparation for places like the birds and this mindset perform? What's it, what's it like? Do you think of, cause when I went there, you know, you go to a certain place like there, Wembley, Anfield. Um, when you go to it, you know that this is the place where I have to perform. I always felt very tense and nervous about my preparation. It's funny because the only time I thought about injury, because I'm too emotionally tense. How, would you, how did you pr- prepare, Jeanette? Was you, did you get to a point where this is, a, this is the proper race? This is what I've been dreaming about my whole yeah, life. I'm no, here yeah, now. Yeah, 100%. You will do. What was your warm-up like in that moment? Because I was uh, shitting myself. Yeah, you do. You know, I don't know. I, right, see football warm-ups and like um, team environment warm-ups, you've, you've got to be quite present, right, with your team. Mm. Everyone's got to be able to talk and to communicate. With athletes, it's headphones on. It's headphones mm. on. It's playlists. Like you are really within yourself. So... My, I remember my playlist being designed to such a point where I knew if I hit a certain song, I'd have to be at a certain point of my warm up. Do you know what wow, I mean? Like, wow, yeah, right. oh, yeah, absolutely. What so, would like, you listen to then? What, what were like uh, UK Absolutely everything. Like, UK hip hop, garage, house. Like, if it's an intense yeah, warm up, mm. it's, the, it's the beat. 
It's the beat mm. of the house, the beat of the garage, the beat of grime also as well. And there was something really gritty about listening to an, an East London MC when you are so far away mm. from home. Whoa. It's, it's a really weird thing. Yeah, I get that in Berlin. You know what? We know, when I listen to Kano in minus 10, yeah. when it's yeah. minus 10 degrees, I listen to Kano in yeah. Berlin and yeah. it's like, you feel like a... You feel like a superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my it, God. Was, it was no. that. It was that kind of stuff. So my playlist would change all the time, and it would it would be really dependent on exactly the, the the magnitude of the race or the competition. But I remember before, right before the final in Beijing, I um it was on shuffle and it shouldn't have been. And Whitney, mm. Whitney Houston, one moment in time came on. I had to turn oh, that no. off. Oh, oh no! no. I had yeah. to turn that, that can off. Really mess, that can really mess with your head, <laughs> can it? I turned that off. I no, said, no, no, not now, not today. This is no, not happening. No. As corny as it sounds, uh, it was re- it was quite a moment. And I thought, no, nah, this is not happening today. I would have loved to have been able to be that close to the game and be able to have the music of my choice yeah. on. Because when you're warming up, you're in your headspace thinking about how I'm going to play, what I'm going to do. But when I, when I was in my car, to, to, when I get in my car to get to the ground, I, I started off with classical music. The Marriage of Figaro. Wow. That kind of stuff. <laughs> Love that. But then, you know what I mean? If I get, if I, like, for instance, you start to, if the traffic's not great and you start to, then you start to feel like, as I get closer to the ground, I'm, I've got Prodigy, got Brie, got Prodigy, you know, Firestarter. You know, when I'm close to the ground, at some time I get close to the ground, if I'm not hearing, <laughs> oh, oh, incredible general. <laughs> so by the time you get close, right, Moose, by the wow. time I'm starting to hear incredible general, that kind of stuff, that some two-pack, real deep two-pack stuff that goes into the head. And that if I'm not, by the t- so by the time I get to the ground, I'm absolutely buzzing. Yeah. But what I really miss about what I would love to have been able to do is to take that energy out of the car because you have to go through the, so you park your car, you come out and then you have to be, you have to be a professional footballer. There's kids yeah. there waiting to be signed and mums and stuff. They can't be, they can't be listening to what you've just been listening to Tupac talking about what's going on to black people and everything like that. You know? The struggle. The, the struggle. You can't be, can't be telling like eight year olds who want your autograph about the struggle in your vest. So you, know, you, sign, you, like, you almost come down, Jeanette. It's like, it's really weird because you come down and then you have to find a way to get back up. Yeah. And then obviously the music in the dressing room, it's not the same because certain people just, it, it, Arsenal didn't like the, the music in the dressing room business. Did they not? Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. See, I guess w- with us, it was, we weren't, from when we came off the warm up track and went into the kind of holding pattern, which is the cool rooms before you get out onto the track, we weren't mm. allowed our music. That's where we were told, right, headphones off. And that was really- Why? Um, they wanted everybody to be quite present and to be able to listen to officials and to instructions. So they needed everybody to have headphones off. I mm. didn't, I never really personally liked the rule. Um, I always thought, okay, we, we're, we're going to be here. We know where we're going, know what we're doing. But they were like, no, rules are always um, spikes on, headphones off, which I, mm. I respect, of course, it, they are the rules. But right up until that moment, maybe 20 minutes before I'm due to race, I would have music on. And um, it was it was so important because it it, it really did help you distract from from the madness, the cauldron mm. that you were going to go into. But then at the same time, when we're talking about stadiums and we're talking about the amount of people and actually getting up for it, mm. and you think about you know the Liverpool game in the week, you also needed that energy to be able mm. to go out there and say, right, it's the same hundred meters that you run every other time. 
this doesn't change. Mm. And that was one thing that was constant, you know, the music and being able to go through your warm up process. So it shouldn't change your performance on the track, which brings me back to the beginning, right, Ian Moose. Like, I, I genuinely feel like that is a reflection of where Liverpool's heads are at right now. They're, right, just, yeah. they're just tired. Right. You know, and I think there's a, there's a mental exhaustion and emotional exhaustion that's come with this season that they're just not able to get up for it, you know? Do you know what's funny as well? I reckon as well, Liverpool might be thinking, they've had this run, they've been on a run, what, since the 2018 Champions League final? So 20, yeah, since that, they've been on that run for three years and everyone's given their best shot. Mm. And they might be thinking, we could really have done with a crowd this third season to keep yeah. us going when you know, yeah. you know mentally tired and even physically tired yeah a crowd gets you over the line and actually very few teams manage to go three elite seasons on the bounce it's very very tough to like be a contender three straight years it's just emotionally exhausting even as, even even yeah. outside a pandemic I was gonna say right you know one one stadium that I kind of look at as a, a small well was a smaller stadium mm. but had insane energy was the bowling and like <sighs> I, tell me tell me what that's like Upton because Park, West yeah, yeah like it's like you move from there and you go to the olympic stadium it's just a different proposition isn't yes. it like and you, yes. you could see how much that affected west ham's football yes. especially the first few years that they were there like what people even and the you fans when you talk to them yeah. they're, they're, they're so yeah. they're so angry about it Jeanette it was um it, it, it comes down to with West Ham. I went there for the 18 months I went there for and you, you get it. But when you played against them, you totally get it because the fans knew that they were a 12th man for them. It was so intimidating. It was so intimidating. You know, I, I, I listened to Paul Ince talk about the first time he went back there after the Man United stuff and that. And he said he didn't realise coming from West Ham like he did knowing that it, what they're like, what it was about, because he comes from the area, he's Cannon Town, he's an East End boy. He's a, but he said, it's only when he came back that time, he realised how intimidating it was. And it's very intimidating. West Ham um, at the bowling, Upton Park, was very, very intimidating. They knew exactly how to get onto you. I, no one, I'll tell you the most intimidating is Millwall. Mm, oh my God. Watching Millwall from a, te- from a 10-year-old and then going and playing there. I totally understood what Paul Ince was saying, Musa. Do you know they've got in common as well? Go on. You look at like um, so proximity. South no, the narrowness of the streets around it. Oh God, it's so small. Yeah, you get stuck. I used to one, love that though. You yeah. get stuck on the one one five bus in and around that West Ham on the wrong time. You'll take three hours to get out of there. It's oh my gosh! God help you if it's you're stuck in the wrong. Awful on Green Street. And the same with go. Millwall. <laughs> Millwall yes. is like slightly cut off from. Yes. You know, it's it's quite near London Bridge but it feels like it's half an hour away. It's so... Because it's, it's its own ecosystem. And this is the thing. You're like, oh, you enter and they know it. This thing, before you've been there the first time, you're like, oh, I'm just going to Millwall, West Ham, it's yeah. not far. It is a universe away because you go to those places, they're their own ecosystem. And the thing is, Musa, you're right about the roads. And the, this is why when they had all the they problems, love, the fight, they, 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 they knew that you were coming into an area and a section of it now, which is, it's not New Cross or London, it's Millwall. It's mortal. It's literally what it is. It's mortal. <laughs> and the fact, and it's so intimidating. I remember when we went there, like Palace, because I went there obviously from the age of like nine, 10, till I was like 13, 14, when I used to go down there, because I used to have to stay at my aunts who lived down in the flats down in Dolphin Towers down in Deptford. And so I used to stay there every other week. So me and my friend, Patrick Dias, would go, we'd sneak into to Millwall. And it's really, this is why 
It's very confusing because we'd sneak in, we'd have to go down the Cobolo Lane and we'd, we'd walk up the bank. There's a bank that you walk up to sit, but you had to make sure that you go, act like you're going, you're going home from that way because you can't get in. But then you have to wait and double back quick so that the, the people don't see you. And you run in the bank, then you have to hide. You have to hide at the back there while people are walking past because you can't try and climb over when the game hasn't started yet because there's too many people walking up and down police. So you wait till the game starts. So you have to lie on the floor for a while around the back there when you go past the entrances. So we used to lie on the floor. It's so exciting. So you lie on the floor, then the game would start and you'd hear the game start because I swear to it, the, the noise of the crowd going, oh, oh, it was so amazing. So then you'd jump up, there's a big wall, you'd jump up, it'd help you up. And then what would happen is, is that once he got up, then people would be able to hold him. So as I could jump, grab his arm and, so he would, and then I'd be wow. able to come over. And so then when you got into the ground, You'd, you know, with, with everything what people say about the Mill fans and the, the voracious nature of them in respect to the race and stuff, and it's, you'd get old dockers who'd help you. So if it was really, really wavy in there, it's like really packed. You know the metal stand, the metal thing what you used to lean on when you, yeah, yeah. When you you'd lean. So you could stand on that. You would hold someone's neck like this and they would hold your feet. Wow. So, you know, it's one of those, so one of that kind of vibe. So you'd yeah. hold their neck and you'd be like this. You that's know what a family. Mean? That's a family. Yeah, it? it was. Yeah. It was. So that's why when I went there as a player, you know what I mean? It was a diff it was different for me because it was confusing because I knew the people who I'm who I'm playing in front of. And when they used to when they used to say stuff about players, I remember Keith Casals. Do you remember that black player? His name no, is Keith no, Casals. No, he played no, for no, Brentford. No. Right? And he used to get a lot, he got a lot of stick. But they would say, not you, you're one of ours. You're all right. Oh Don't worry my about God. That's the <laughs> vibe. Yeah. Oh my God. You, no, you're all right. You're all right. You're one of us. Not we only chat. We only chat. That kind of vibe. So can you imagine the confusion? I'm 10, 10, 11. Yes, that's wild. It's really it's weird. Like They're looking movie. after me. They're something looking after me. Holding me. Looking after me. And, and then you watch the game. But that for me, like the point I'm, I'm, the point I'm making is yeah. going back to Millwall as a player, I totally understood. And going back to you as well, Jeanette, about West Ham and the intimidation and the proximity and how frightening it could be. Millwall was frightening. I could vi see the guys visibly afraid. Yeah. Wow. They were afraid because the crowd was so intense and with the hatred. And when you're on the pitch looking out, you can feel it. What's your top wow. three then? Where's your top three places to get? What top three scariest places to play? Um, I think um, Turkey played in the, Tur for, for England. Yeah. Right, we played in Turkey. I think it was um, when there was dad's banners about Gaza and slaughtering us. I think it was the game when, remember where there's a picture of me and Gaza being covered in mud? We're covered in mud. And what happened was is that they were so intimidating. Off the, straight off the plane for England, they were so in our face, the oh fans, right? To the point where the reason why I mentioned that picture is because they flooded our training ground the day before. Our last training session where we had to do our stuff we, we heard that they had fire engines and they flooded all of it. Oh so we days. didn't have anywhere to really work. That oh kind of, gosh. that kind of, yeah, that's the business what was going on. So me and Gaza just said, let's, let's score a goal and just dive into that pool. Let's make something of it. Let's, you know, make something of it. And we've done that. But when you went to the actual stadium, you know, warming up and when we, got, when we went there to warm up, it was already full. The stadium was already full. Like when we went to, you know, I when you go to poor. do the, the walk poor. out with your tracksuit, yeah. like you see the guys come out with their tracksuits. It was totally full. Like the game was like two minutes from serious? starting. They were throwing spark plugs from up there. We had to, they had to have that riot, those riot things, those riot <laughs> shields 
for us to just come off. Um, oh so, and then we beat them 2-1. I think Gaza scored and maybe Platy scored. So that I, I've gone a long way around it, but that's the first. I'd say Millwall was very intimidating. And there's, where's the, where's the other one where I felt afraid? I think it probably would have been the first time as well I went to West Ham. Mm. You know, because you hear about the chicken run. Probably that was... I've heard of the chicken run at West Ham. Oh, what, no, what's that? So, you know, so... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this is why probably it's why it's called a chicken run. So you come from... So the, 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 you come out of this end of the um, state. So you come out here, you run onto the pitch. Yeah. And so, so the stadium... So it's like this. So this is where you run out onto the pitch. The chicken run was when you run out onto the pitch, that far court on the left, just before you got down to the corner flag, there's just a, a section there that players didn't even want to go and get the ball. Wow. <laughs> Seriously. Sorry, never... And that's why it was called like the chicken run. It was oh called the chicken run. <laughs> but Sorry. West Ham was intimidating Millwall and Turkey. Gosh. That's incredible. Of all Did the you places ever, in the world, two honestly, of them in East London. It, it, in East London. <laughs> was there east, any places east, where... East, east, east and South. East and east, South, east yeah. And south. yeah, but the thing is, is that with you, with you, Jeanette, because we were playing against them and we were playing, it was us against them. You were yeah. just competing yeah, we can, yeah was there a, anything did you feel like you were afraid at any stage no there's a, it's a different kind of feeling so when I hear you speak about fear mm. like in in an environment I, did, I never really I never had that feeling I'm going to be honest it was always very much a fear within yourself like how well you're going to perform it was never mm. the external factors that affected me but I know for 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 a number of people like those kind of crowds just generally they, they were really hard my coach always used to tell us a story of a 1500 meter runner his name escapes me, but um, he was, he made the final of the Olympic Games back in the 80s and he went to the toilet. He didn't come back out. He didn't <gasps> come back out. Oh to my God. Yeah. Was he scared? He shook. He didn't Where did he go? Back. Did he just leave? Did he leave straight away? Just didn't, didn't come back out of the toilet. And then wow. they ran the race and that was it. Which, I, which, which, which blows my mind because you That's essentially amazing. trained for that moment, right? But <laughs> And bounced. <laughs> oh my God. God. Wow. Wow. That's fear. <laughs> Proper. That was fear. Sorry, I just thought that thing, Olympic final, that's not me. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I'm done. Go on. Yeah. I know it's taken so long yeah. to get here, but like, me. No, I'm no, race, race, race with the big crowd, that's not me. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Golden boot player of the season, young player of the season. It's the kind of situation now where you have to start thinking about. Yeah. Like that. I probably, I probably have to start with uh, uh, the golden boot. I mm. think it's out of Salah and Kane. Yeah. What, what do you think guys? Uh, I think Salah, because the Liverpool attack is just functioning more smoothly at this point. Whereas mm. Kane has to work harder to get his goals. Not, not, not that like, Salah's not working hard for his goals. Just saying, mm. in terms of like the fluidity of um, of, of um, Liverpool's attack is more so than that of Spurs. Yeah, and you know, like Bamford and Fernandez who are the next in the list. They're kind of playing out of their minds, but mm. fundamentally, they just yeah. I I just think that it's, it's going to be Salah first. What, and then what about if um, if Liverpool block, if Liverpool get through? I know it's, it's a lot. And then they start resting, resting Salah. Rest Salah. Good luck with that. When you say get through, Salah. what do you mean? Right. Like top four get through like, and like if they, if they, if they, if they push through, no, in or respects Champions of League like or... Champions League and is they going to rest Salah? He's too hungry. No, no. no I don't think he's, he's, I don't think he's got a choice. It's just like when yeah. you see 
him or Marnie get taken off by Klopp. Klopp don't business about what they think. He'll just take them off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I love that about Klopp. You know, when they're coming off, even you know, it's like when you're you're ve- you're vexing in the right, but someone's just smothered you. No, man, you're cool. And you're trying to get your point. <laughs> no, 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 you're cool, man. Come off. No, come on, man. It's like you see Mane and Salah vex and Klopp saying, "Come, man, no, man, hug it's me, right, man. Come it's on, all right, it's all right, man. Yeah. It's all right. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I agree. I agree with Moose um, on that definitely. And I, what you mentioned, Harry Kane. And mm. you remember, like, the start of the season, he was just on fire, wasn't he? You know, him and Son, that partnership, mm. everybody was going on about it and talking about it. And I, I feel sad for him because he's in a position where, again, all yeah. you've got now is scoring goals. Like, it mm. almost the pursuit almost becomes individual as opposed to going out there and doing yeah, it Yeah, but that's something, that's something, Jeanette, if we're going to enlarge on it a bit, is that, it, that he's got a massive, like, decision to make in his, mm. in his career now because... That's what it could end up being like if he does stay at Tottenham, which is, you know, if he wants to, because that's what he wants to do, that's fine. But he's going to have to start thinking about the individual awards that he might get, the Golden Boot, what he got for the World Cup. You know what I mean? He hasn't got no, no trophies and, you know, the Golden Boots he's got in the Premier League. This is a realistic kind of like um, time for him in respects of thinking about my legacy. What's going to happen with his legacy, Miss? Because... Either he's got to leave or he's to- something's got to happen with Tottenham because like Jeanette so rightly started when she started her, co- her, her sentences, they, they're not going to win anything again. I don't know if they're going to, I don't think they're going to win the League Cup against City. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they, they, they could, and this could be academic, this conversation. They could well win it, uh, the League Cup. And, you know, someone like Kane, that is painful though for a striker because you want to like win, you want to win at the place that you love, right? And the thought of having to leave home in a sense you know, where you've found yeah. home, made home. It's, it's painful, actually. Mister, one of the things that I worried more about than anything of being at Arsenal when I was scoring goals was not having the something league. team-wise, especially the league, yeah. to show yeah. for your goals because then your goals are, like like Jeanette said, it's kind of like a, a, a self. It's for yourself. It's just yeah. individual. Because you had the weird thing that Fabregas had because you both got there at times when the club was winning the league. You're like, okay, yeah. I've got here. I'm going to carry on winning. Mm-hmm. Not in an arrogant way, but like looking what mm. the team had done. Yeah. And then Fabregas waited and never got it. Mm-hmm. And then you waited a long time. Long time. Like, like seven and he years. Must have been, I mean, as the, as the years went past, two, three years, you must have been thinking, oh my God, it's maybe not going to. Definitely. When we start to get to, remember we were finishing, let me see, 90. 93, 94s, I think 10th, 94, 95, something like 12th. But we were winning cups, kind of like, it kind of masked, mm. like whitewash. It was a kind of like a masking of like where we were because we had a, it was a transitional period. Remember George Graham was coming to the end. It was Bruce Rioki time. You know, players kind of like had that kind of like check out. Same players that in the end, Wenger only added like, who did that? David Platt and... And, and then uh, David Platt, obviously Dennis Burkamp. Then obviously when Wenger came, then we had um, the Patrick Vieira and then Manny Petit and all the guys started to come. But in that time, we had players that were the majority of the players that went on to then win the league who had a couple of years off. Just had a couple of years off. Finishing 12th, finishing 15th, winning a couple of cups. Winning, you know, we went to the Cup Winners' Cup twice. You know what I mean? FA Cup. Do you know it's brutal though? Now I think about this, I keep calling you uh, Ryan instead of Ian. Uh, <laughs> um, what's so brutal about it is that there are some times as a player when a great team comes along that's so unstoppable. It's like when Rafael Nadal came on clay 
You got mm. all those amazing tennis players on clay who are like, oh, I might win the Open. Then Nadal mm. comes and there's no room for anyone else. No one else. No one and the else. problem is as a player, you can be at a place where, I mean, look at, look how quickly it's changed for Kane. Champions League final mm. with Poch and that incredible mm. squad. And you look at it now and like, oh my God, two and a half years later. Yeah. Nothing. Everything has transformed. Yeah. And the, the thing about football, isn't it? You have to, that's why you've got to look after number one sometimes because yes. changes so, the momentum changes so fast. Yes. If someone had said to you a year and a half ago, there'll be people, not me, who'll be laughing at Liverpool because obviously I make concessions for the injuries and so on. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, no way. That team no. looks like it's going to win yeah, four of the while. next five, yeah. four of the next five leagues. But now I don't think they necessarily will. Yeah. Mm -mm. You can see how Man things City, quickly, life comes yeah, at yeah. you fast, they say. It does come fast. But I'm still going to, I'm still going to probably go with Kane because Kane is in a situation mm. where it, he has to finish just scoring, just maybe for, to, just to, giving the confidence going into the Euros. Mm, you know, he's, yeah. he's mm. probably the first name on the sheet. And you're just looking at somebody that you watch him. He, he does not, he doesn't hardly ever miss the target. Yeah, he's solid. He doesn't miss the target. I was surprised he didn't score four goals um, the other day with the, with the draw, what they had in the end against um, Newcastle. You know, he could have scored four goals. Who's in lead at the moment? Mo Salah? Kane. Is it Kane? Kane. Kane's got 19, Salah 18. Okay. You know, Bruno Fernandes has got a few penalties in that, but it's fine. I thought. Patrick Bamford, I, I, like I say, I gave him a message the other day saying, you don't need to win the league to win the golden boot, bro. <laughs> you don't need to win the league to win the golden boot. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know if he grasped it. He didn't grasp it like I was saying it because what I was trying to say to him was, your team's fine, bro. Your team's fine. You know, go and start to t take accumulate, those chances. Accumulate. Yes, man. Accumulate. You know, it's the same with Calvert -Lewin. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I saw him miss a couple of chances against Palace and I said, those are the chances, those chances, with them going into the top four, trying to get into the top four, Everton, are chances he should take. I saw him miss a couple that you think to yourself, you've got to take those now. Yeah. Because, you know, he took a, the first half, he went through and he, 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 the goalkeeper saved it. He should be, he has to score that now because Harry Kane scores that. And then there was one what he had in the second half where they, Charleston put him through and he didn't toe poke it. You know, I used to play whole football matches when we were younger where we could only toe-poke the ball, toe-poke pass, toe-poke finish, everything. It does, it's the world of wonders in respects of finishing because you don't need to. The only reason why sometimes you toe-poke is maybe because the ball is too far away, you're, you're, it's getting out of your reach or it's in the middle of, your strike. of your, your strike. So then the only way you can get that power is to toe-poke. And sometimes you don't need to break stride to Ronaldo do it. Ronaldo against Turkey in the semi-final 2002. Yeah. Didn't even know it was coming. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Romario. That, the reason that's funny, the only reason that's funny is because that, that goalkeeper was talking a lot of trash. <laughs> he was talking a lot of trash when I saw that happen. And I don't like to be mean-spirited of this podcast, but I saw it. It's like, mm. yeah, you had that coming. You had, you talk, yeah. He was saying a lot of things. He was saying a lot of things, my guy. He was saying a lot and of things. And you know things. the way that came yeah. about is that Ronaldo yeah, was running down. Coming. I'm he's bearing down. You have it. Honestly, Jeanette, it's one of those that if you could get to watch it, he was bearing down, bearing down, bearing down. And then he was just, like, I'm talking to you, bam, that's it. Yeah. That's how the toe poke He did went. that for the culture. Ronaldo did that for the culture. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Moose yeah. is, he doesn't want to be mean spirited, but yeah, shame on you guys. So listen, <laughs> listen, I hope he's still feeling it. <laughs> so we're going, so we going, we going Kane or um, Salah. I'm going to go Kane. Okay, I'm going to go with Moose and go Salah. Okay, then Moose? we'll talk about it. We'll you talk definitely about stay it. in Salah. I can't believe I took it to such a grim place. <laughs> took it to such a, took it Salah, to a yeah. That's Salah. great. It's a great place. <laughs> player, player of the season. 
Oof. I don't like these kind of questions. No, but it's a good question. I like oh. it. Ruben I love Diaz. this kind of question. Oh. Ruben Diaz. You're going with Ruben Diaz? Yes, I am. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of people have gone Kevin De Bruyne from City. Ruben Diaz. Mm. He's made such a difference, hasn't he, Diaz? Yeah, because Diaz, look, De Bruyne does what he does and everyone else is brilliant and does what they do. But Diaz reconfigured everything. He's like the electromagnet. You know when you put the, you put the, like, you put the, um, the magnet there and all the iron filings go in place? That's what he did for yes. that defence. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say Kevin De Bruyne because I think what City have been able to do this season, considering their circumstance, they've just, wow. especially the last part of the season as well, or the, I should say from Christmas on, they just, everyone was like, okay, it's wrapped up. And he's so, mm. he's such a part of that. Like you can see how much he drives the team as well. So for me, I think, yeah, KDB. Wow. I tell you, Moose has thrown one in there, which is, because <laughs> we have to mention Jack Grealish and the way he's played. If he, yeah. if he's, didn't have his break in the season in respect of injuries, which I believe, fingers crossed, he goes to the Euros. Could work out very well for England. Him going to the Euros may be fresh, but mm. um, yes, De Bruyne and his assists. Um, what's it, 11 so far this season? He's wild. He's ridiculous. He, he is amazing in that team. And it's like without a striker, he's even more potent yep. in what he's doing because he can just... He can, just can I be a bit like, harsh though? Can I be a bit harsh? Go on. He's like Stevie Wonder at this point. If, you mm. might as well just give it to him every year. You know, yeah. just give it to someone else. You could. If you're gonna, oh, <laughs> oh, best music, oh, Stevie, oh, Stevie again. Oh, best no, vocals, but then Stevie. If, if you're great, you're great, Moose. Like, you can't deny your greatness. He's a victim of it. He's the Stevie Wonder. He's no. a victim of it. Oh. You know what I like about the way he's playing in this team? I, it reminds me of when I Ed Master, when, when everybody's in the class at Ed Master's just walking around the school looking, he's just making <laughs> things right everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody's bucking up their ideas yeah. when he comes into their area. That's what he does. I totally understand what Moose is saying that you could probably give it to him every season because of good? his capabilities and how brilliant he is. Um, but I like the Diaz. I like Diaz. Um, Bruno Fernandes, I think he's doing well for mm. Manchester United. Sure. Fernandes has been amazing. Fernandes had dips though. And this is no disrespect yeah. to him. It's just, you know, you know, and that's not a knock. That's exhaustion. Mm. And mm. the amazing thing about- The um, responsibility he's got. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the thing about De Bruyne that is amazing is that you watch other teams and you're like, they haven't got to play like that. And that's where they're struggling. When you watch other teams are going, they haven't got a De Bruyne. You look at Liverpool mm. to an extent. You look at Chelsea. You know, Chelsea mm. and Liverpool have struggled sometimes without having that run yeah. over midfield. Yeah. yeah. And Barcelona struggled at the orchestrator who can also finish because Barca have had all those moments this year where they've got, they're on the verge of something, for example, the first Classico and they just couldn't quite finish. And I was thinking, see, De Bruyne would have scored that and, or De Bruyne would have created and that. And he's, yeah. when he's that guy. Like that, yeah. When you're thinking like that, Moose, like surely that's yeah. somebody who needs the award. You were literally placing him in different teams and thinking, right, how would De Bruyne do that? You know, so why can't he get the award? Only because I think Diaz would do that for other teams now as well. Mm. I didn't realise just how good he was. And I think that he would sort out Real Madrid's back line immediately. Mm. He would sort out Barcelona's. United. 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 He, All he would, of them. He would, he, he would sort everyone out. When like, did you first notice? When did you notice that this season? When did you think to yourself, okay, yeah, definitely him? Do you know, it wasn't an immediate thing. I was like, oh. Do you know, it's like almost, um, it's like when a child is like loud and unsettled in class then all of a sudden you're like, oh, the child is peaceful. Mm. <laughs> Maybe the parents mm. are being nice. Like the child is peaceful. Something's happening at home and you, you don't want to ask and you don't want to jinx it. The child is like, oh, this I'm enjoying the homework. But oh. can I just, can I mention something yeah. with um, Diaz, what I saw against Haaland. Haaland, Haaland, he swatted him. He fell over. You know, in that uncomfortable fall over where you lose control of your feet mm. and like, because you're, you're running too fast because you're trying to, and Haaland didn't quite finish it, but Diaz, it's the first time I've seen him look a little Bambi-ish because he shook. felt 
He was shook, bro. He was shook. Yeah, but when, when, when Godzilla hits the building, the building's going to shudder. It's going like, to shudder. It's going to shudder. It is what it is. You know, so, you know, no <laughs> you know something? I like it. I like, I like, I, I wish Jack Grealish could have, didn't get the injury he got. Mm. Because when you're looking at a team, you know, when you, when a Villa going to play and he's playing, I want to watch the game. Jack Grealish gives you something every single time, literally he touches the ball. He's entertaining. Yeah. It sure. gives you something. You could see he's, he's one of those, he's worth a hundred million of anybody's money. Anybody in the top four who could buy that guy, he's going to improve their team. He's a magician. He's beautiful to watch. So you, you going with Jack Grealish then? Um, you- no, I'll probably go with, <laughs> no, he has to get a mention, Jeanette. Because like at the, at the end of the day, he has to get a mention. Yeah. But when you look at the, um, the change that, that Ruben Diaz has brought to Manchester City and, and the void he's filled. And the reason why Manchester City, you know, if they can now, it looks like they're getting the luck, the luck they got against Dortmund um, the other day. They're getting the luck that might get them through to the finals and maybe win it. He is a major part of what's happening with them. He's a major part. And I think that it, you, when you're giving it to a, t- a player, of course, people look at the, 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 um, the offensive flair. They always do. But like, without him, I think they lose a lot more games and Kevin De Bruyne gets a lot more frustrated about things, but he's given them that solidity in which Kevin De Bruyne can now go forth and patrol the, the, the corridors. Yeah. I'm going with, I'm going to go with Diaz. Oh, there about, we go, there we go, there we go. Yeah, love I'm going to go with Diaz. It. What about young player? Let's fl- oh let me throw some Foden. Young player, you're going Phil Foden, so we've got yes. Phil Foden, Declan Rice, Mason Mount. Bukai- I, I put Bukayo Sacco in there because I, I love him. Me too. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was going to say Saka. I just feel like, I just feel like, and I feel, I feel for him because of the, the, the weight. I, I watched him, I watched him a game the other day and it's one of the first times I saw frustration with people not giving him the ball way, where he needed the ball. Um, you know, you, his face was a little bit contorted and that is what Arsenal have got to be careful of mm-hmm. now. You know, now I put him in there as a young player because of his emergence and what he's done and the weight of the club that he's, he's carrying. Um, and, you know, I hope that um, things can change for him soon and something can happen with Arsenal where I could feel a little bit more confident about what's going on. Of course, Emil Smith-Rowe, are they going to sign Erdegaard? Would Erdegaard want to sign for us yeah. in the current climate? That is the main thing. But like Saka is a, a, a talent that we need to nurture and make mm. sure that we get that right. And like I say, you see little things in his face where he's just thinking, I hope he's okay because yeah. I can see where the frustration can start to seep in. Yeah, I think I'll go for Bukai Saka. Because, Would you go for him? Yeah, do you know what? Because, That's, yeah. You've got your Arsenal glasses on, man. I, I do, I do, I do. However, I also mm. admire <laughs> the way that I feel that he, like you say, has really taken on a certain responsibility that he maybe didn't ask for. And yeah. that's a lot as a young player to, yeah. to kind of carry and to be able to manage. And that shows a level of maturity and to still be able to perform whilst carrying that responsibility. I but think then you have to look yeah. at Phil Foden. I know. What about the, 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 like the cross that Phil, Phil Foden had to bear with the cross that had the name like David Silver all over the back of it? Yeah. And he's carried that, man. We're not even missing David Silver, Moose. Phil Foden. Sometimes they're not even missing Bernardo Silva. Oh my God. This guy can, if Phil Foden came into that team and now 
he could play, if he had to, he'd play DM. If he had played defensive midfield in certain yeah. games, he had yeah. deep playing. That guy can play anywhere in the front six. Yeah. He's unbelievable. He's un mm. no, I knew I knew that he was good. I knew he was outstanding. Mm -hmm. But I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know he was this good. He's really but the thing good. is, Musa, when you heard how can you imagine how intently um Pep Guardiola watches him in training to the point where yeah. at the early doors when we we're all saying, let him out of young English talent. I know he's 19, no, he's 17, no, he's 18. Let him out. He needs to play. M Pep, no. He's Pep was like, no, I know what I know. Yeah, put him on nowhere. ice almost. Just said, all right, not he's going just chill over nowhere. there. Yeah, and when you look else. at him, when he's coming, for somebody who comes in so sporadically, like he was in, out, in, out, and you know what I mean? Is he going to, then he plays and he doesn't play. The consistency of these levels Ridiculous. for somebody who doesn't play is, is off the chart in respects of his age, the quality. Fantastic. You know what I mean? He's now, he's going to start adding goals. He, he hasn't even properly settled into himself. He's 20. He hasn't even settled into himself. In respect, so I'm going to score more goals now. Do when you, that happens, like what happened with Sterling, Jeanette, yeah. when the goals thing happens, we're it's talking about an, we're talking about an earthly occurrence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, that, that, is, the best, that is the best expression. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> that is, a, that, that is when, the greatest description. <laughs> when Philip just gets what, remember when Raheem Sterling all of a sudden, I get it, man. I'm going to stay in there. I'm going to score goals. Yeah. yeah. When when it happens with Phil for, Phil Foden, where it's all over, Jeanette. Do you it's think over. that's because the earthly occurrence? Pep, that's incredible. Sorry. When when they sat down, they worked out their plan. Pep said to Phil, "Look, this is what we're going to do with you," and he just trusted him. He understood it, and he said, "Okay, cool. I'm, I'm with that plan." Because some young ballers they get so frustrated that their moments not now, 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 now. But he seems yeah. to have worked so patiently through the process. Yeah, but the thing is, Jeanette, you look at what he does players he's playing with because mm. I know that Pep likes to bring players into the first team train with the first team that's what I've, I've read and then you know they're thinking oh man it's happening for me but bam puts them back in the 23 see what happens he's done that with Phil Foden Phil Foden comes train with the first team goes to the under 23s you can't keep him there because he's literally lighting it up it's embarrassing yes. so you bring him back yeah. you bring him back to the first team and you keep him with the first team now why do you want to put Phil Foden out on loan to play against players that he cannot train with every day. Right. He's not going to get any more than what crowds shout. Blah, blah, blah. That's it. neither here nor there, the crowds and the experience of a crowd. What's that going to do? When you're playing with De Bruyne, Silva, Bernardo, the list of players he's playing with on a daily basis, Moose, how are you not, and you've you got know, the attitude like, that yeah. he's got as well. It's, it's you know, frightening. He's like Callum Hudson-Odoi. He's an advanced piece of technology. <laughs> There's certain players, you, you cannot, you can't. He's an advanced piece You can't, he's an advanced. You know, like some, you know, like, you know, you have the, the mod, you have the, the update <clears throat> iPhone, the connections don't work because it's the yes. old model. You can't, you have to, you have to use the new connections. No, I think that what it is, Moose, is like, you know, when they say we've got all our technology and everything from the aliens. Yeah. I think that's what we got from them. They give us Callum hudson Doy and Phil Foden as I think well. those, two, those two are not, they, they're not they, of the surf. They, they're, they're not, not of the surf. surf. They've come from <laughs> that, that alien spaceship that we've got hidden somewhere and they've given us Phil Foden and Callum hudson Doy. Every few months, every few months, they'll be like, oh, how are the immigrants getting on? They've been in. They'll be like, oh, they're getting on. Yeah, we got a message. They are too good. For yeah. what they are. And remember, they were in the same team in that mm. World Cup team as well. Mm -hmm. People don't they're actually understand what they have yet. England, do you know what I think? I what? don't think England fully understands what it has. Jesus. You know, you look at the advanced technology we have. We have Sancho and Bellingham. They don't know. 
they don't, don't get it. Like we're here idea. watching like, we're like the, you know what it is? Cause I'm abroad. I'm like an alien now watching earth. I'm watching England. You're, you're on earth right now. Are you afraid? Like, Are you afraid watching? I'm terrified watching Bellingham and, and Sancho and like Hudson and Doy and- Did you and see Pope. Bellingham the other it's day? Terrib- Bellingham was shaking everyone down. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Bellingham was like? You know the fear and Bellingham, you know like John Travolta approaching a dance floor, Pete John Travolta mm. approaching a dance floor. <laughs> and you're like, that man That's can walk what, on a dance floor anywhere. Yes. The fear, the fear of yes. people going, they were gulping because there's a man that dance every week. He's the, the best dancer. Floor. Yeah. Oh, John's here tonight. <laughs> That's what it was. They retired Jude Bellingham's shirt at Birmingham. Mm-hmm. They retired his shirt. Yeah. Yes. People were going like, oh my God, this is embarrassing. He's like 16, so he's retiring his shirt. This is ridiculous. They knew what they had. Now, they knew the Birmingham fans just gave us a glimpse into the future. They've retired his shirt. <laughs> he was 16 plus. Of course they had to retire. It's still on fire. The next person tried to wear it. Oh, oh, mate. They retired his shirt. And like what we're seeing now, you could, when your shirt's retired at that age, right? People like when people were laughing at the Birmingham fans, and now you're seeing Jude Bellingham, not even not even eighteen months on. I don't even know what it is, doing what he's doing at the levels he's doing it at. Think to yourself, I get it. But then it's wild about retiring the shirt because you also do it knowing the player has the ego to carry it. Wow! Like, did you hear his, you know, in, you did you hear his interview? Did when he, he said, oh no, no, I, no I, wit- I witnessed it. Oh, Moose, how good was that? To, to hear something. Moose, it was beautiful listening to him how he spoke. Oh, how are you feeling to be playing? And he's like, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I'm not bad I'm at not this. I'm not bad at football. I'm all right at this. I, I'm good at football. Do you know how energetic that is, guys? Like, you, <laughs> I'll play that to my son. And I'll say, listen, <laughs> this is what you need to be thinking Project about. Project Jude, go on. Project Jude. You know Dave in hip hop? Yeah. Jude Bellingham is the Dave of football. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you look at Dave and you're like, Dave can make any tune, any style. Any, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah. Bellingham can do any style. Yeah. yeah. And he's that young. And you're like, and everyone else is gasping going, oh my goodness, Dave did a track called Question Time. And Dave's like, yeah, no, I'm no. just writing. That's standard. what I'm doing. It's my That's thing. what it was. That's Dave's energy was like, yeah, I, I'm just, this is, this is what I do. So Moose, do you, do you look at, when you look at Jude and what he's doing and you look over here in England and you think, just what a wasted opportunity. Do you think that? Because that's what I think. I think why why not nurture him and bring him through, you know, in the prem? I feel sympathy. I feel sympathy. Do you know what it's like? Go on. It's like having one of the greatest novelists of the generation and making them do like poetry slams. Oh, you're like you got a great storyteller, and, and you're making just them get up and blasting. try to like entertain the crowd in yeah. two minutes bur- burst. Oh my like, god! You got a novelist there. This man is writing stories. This this man goes into the midfield and is a storyteller. And you're reducing him to some like, oh, he's a young prospect. No, no, this guy is mm. the, he's the, he's the conductor. Dortmund was the best move for him as well. I think it was the best it's move. Such a sense. great move. But we, we digress because he's not even on the list. He's not even in the bloody country. <laughs> 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 we got to talk to We got to speak. Declan Rice. Declan Rice's emergence. Mason Mount and the way Mason Mount has gone as well. You know, them man, they have to get some form of respect. I, I think Declan Rice has been amazing. Mason Mount, Phil Foden. West Ham are fourth, like it's nothing. It's just know. normal. Declan Rice is, and he made that normal. He made that normal. It's Declan because, Rice been brilliant. Yeah. He has mm. been so good. But Jesse, you know, can we just throw in a bit of Jesse love? Jesse has gone in and said, yes, I'm blood clot here. Yeah. This is me now. He's lovely. Do, but, oh, are we counting Jesse Lingard as a young player? No, but Jesse, no, 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 no. I'm just throwing <laughs> him in because he's, he's helping Declan Rice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because oh, right, Jesse's just kicked in the door. He's yeah, kicked no, the he door in. He's kicked the door in. Elder statesman energy. I'm probably going to go with Phil Foden. Um, it's, and he's, he's just picked it over Mason Mount. Declan Rice is d- doing great stuff, but 
I think Phil Foden and what he's doing in respects of um, his patience to get to where he is now, the unbelievable um, mental strength he has to do what he's doing and be patient for the age he's at. We're seeing something very, very special, man. Very special. Next level. Absolutely next level stuff. When I saw Phil, Phil Foden as the false nine, I was like, yes. You like that? That's Yeah, because... Pep is trusting you with the false nine thing, like it's over. Look who he trusts with it. Gundogan, De Bruyne, yes. like Phil Gundogan. Foden. It's like yeah. his trophy. It's like, it's like, it's like his gold star. Yeah. Pep, and Pep makes you the false nine. He's like, you're the most intelligent player in this configuration. You do. Can you imagine? Sit on, you yeah. sit on top yeah, of the tree. Big. It's true, actually. That is so, yeah, true. so true. And then like, and then De Bruyne just say, no, Phil, you're cool, man. You do, do, do stuff. Yeah, do your thing. Yeah. That's yeah, a level. Man. That's a level. Yeah. <laughs> No, Phil. Kevin, do you want it? No, 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 Phil. You're cool I'm with good. that. I'm good. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 you're cool. Yeah, yeah, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's generous. It's a generous teammate. Guys, I'm going to probably have to throw you out. Yeah, Man. let's do it. I'll throw Musa out I'll ask, and I'll ask, um, I'll ask Jeanette. Jeanette, you're going to have to leave. Oh, thank you. I'll leave. But, um, yeah, but Moose, get out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> love you, bye. Listen, guys, I love you, man. Thanks for that. I'll see you soon. Bye. See you soon. Okay, so thank you very much. Thank you very much, Musa Kwanga. Thank you very much, Jeanette Kwashe. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. I hope you're all, like I say, doing safe and well. Do stay safe and well, guys, in this time. I think we're not far away, fingers crossed, to being normal again. So to normality, I'm up for that. So take it easy. Hopefully we'll be normal soon. Bye, guys.